You are listening to a sermon preached at Sojourn Church, Carlisle. This is our Advent series, Wrapped in Flesh. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you all. My name is James Fields. I serve as the lead pastor here at Sojourn Church, Carlisle. And it's indeed a great privilege and honor to gather and worship together tonight as one church, the night before Christmas Day. Whether you've decided to join us online or in person, we are glad that you are here and we're excited to celebrate with you tonight. Amen? Amen. Amen. If you're just now joining us during this Advent season, we've been going through the Gospel of John, looking at John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. So I invite you to please stand with me um, as we read God's Word. And tonight we'll conclude our Advent series by focusing on verse 18 which reads as follows. Hear the word of the God spoken through the apostle John. It says, No one has ever seen God, the one and only Son, who is himself God and is at the Father's right side, or excuse me, by the Father's side. He has revealed him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. This year is ending, and for many of us, it's a great relief, and rightfully so. This year has brought forth and exposed a lot of fears, trepidations, and even insecurities within the hearts and minds of each and every one of us here today or looking online. I love, I I like what uh, Nicole Lynn Peach says about this in her article, um, these were the most Google, these are were the most Google uh, questions of 2020. She writes, she says, global, uh, global Google searches, searches beginning with the word why were higher than they ever had been this year. For many people, the past mo- few months have felt more like a decade, beginning with the devastating wildfire fires in Australia and the sudden deaths of Kobe Bryant and his daughter in January, followed by the COVID-19 pandemic and resulting health and economic crises that started rocking the world in March and April. Throw in worldwide protests following the deaths of Black Americans, including George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, a contentious U.S. presidential election, and a series of severe weather events, including California wildfires literally burning the sky orange. And it's no wonder that why was on everyone's lips and fingertips in 2020. You know, normally we're definitely afraid to ask the question why to one another and especially let alone to God himself. But I believe that this is one of the most important, if not the most important question to ask God as we enter 2021. So in light of why being the most Google question this past year, I propose to us tonight another why question. Why do we celebrate Christmas? Or better yet, why is Christmas so special for Christians? Will you pray with me? Our Father and our God, we do thank you for this time that we get to gather as your people to hear from your word. I pray, Lord, as always, you would take my little and make much of it. Glorify yourself as only you can. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
You know, many people think of God like they think of Santa Claus. They think that God judges you if you're naughty and he rewards you if you're nice. And because of this misconception, much of modern Christianity consists of behavior modification. Many people think that the main message of Christianity is this. They believe that the main message of Christianity is stop doing bad things so God will like you. Stop doing bad things so God can bless you and take you up to heaven instead of hell when you die. Heaven is for good people and hell is for bad people. So be a good person and go to heaven and not hell. Today's passage of scripture reminds us of the true message of Christmas. And this is the message that God came close to us. That God came close to us to know us despite our inability to know him. Notice with me in verse 18, this first clause here, no one has ever seen God. Now, this is a perplexing statement because I know we have some Bible scholars who are saying that can't be right. God has made himself known to us. We see that throughout the scriptures of Adam hearing God's voice in the Garden of Eden. We see God receiving instruction from Noah to build the ark in Genesis 6 and 7. We see Abraham in Genesis 12 being called by God to leave his land of Ur and pursue after God. Don't forget about Moses in Exodus 3, where Moses encounters the presence of God in the form of a burning bush. See, these examples are known as theophanies. Theophanies are simply just a visible visible manifestation of God to mankind. But this is not actually God himself showing himself to us. In Exodus 33, when Moses asks to see the glory of God, God reminds him that if you see my glory, you will die indeed. Exodus 33, 18 says this, it says, then Moses said, please let me see your glory. He said, I will call my goodness to pass in front of you and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will have compassion for whom I have a compassion. But he added, you cannot see my face for humans cannot see me and live. The Lord said, here is a place near me. You can stand in the rock and when my glory passes by, I will put you in the crevice of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take my hand away and you will see my back, but my face will not be seen. No one has ever seen God. There's two realities that we have to consider tonight when we hear that statement. One is this, is that we can't know God apart from God's desire to reveal himself to us. Only God can choose to reveal himself to us, amen? In other words, we can't know God apart from God. And, and, and the logic of this is very simple. God is infinite and we are, are finite. God is eternal and we are temporal. God is omnipresent, meaning he's everywhere at the same time, but we are limited as humans by time, space, and our very environment. God is omniscient. He's all-knowing, but our knowledge is limited. God is omnipotent. He is omnipotent. We, but we as humans have limited strength and or ability. 
So we see that we cannot know this God unless he reveals himself. Now, the best way to translate this verse here, that no one has ever seen God, is, is really not to say no one has ever seen God. The best way to translate this verse is to say no one has ever seen deity. No one has ever seen the, the, the physical manifestation or the physical presence of God. I love what D.A. Carson says about this in his commentary. He says, no one can see God's face on this side of eternity and live. Yet since Jesus is fully God, to know Jesus is to know God. He, Jesus, has perfectly revealed him to us. It's a good reminder for us that God's gracious provision and his greatest gift to us is providing the king of Christmas, his son, Jesus, that he not, we might not just know Jesus, but we might know God through the person of Jesus. So no one has ever seen God, but yet God has revealed himself. I love what and the two ways that we see in theology of how God has revealed himself is in general revelation. God has, has shown us his glory in a very specific way within creation. Listen to the words of Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God and the expanse proclaims the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour out speech. Night after night, they communicate knowledge. There is no speech. There are no words. And there is no voice where their voice is not heard. Their message has gone out into the whole earth and their words to the ends of the world. But God hasn't just revealed himself in a general way through creation and the beauty of, of creation. God has given us a specific way to see him through his son. Listen to the words of Hebrews 1 that talks about this. It says, long ago, God spoke to the fathers by the prophets at different times and in different ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. God has appointed him heir of all things and made the universe through him. Listen to the words of John 1, verse 1 and verse 14, even in the verse that we're looking at today, in the same scriptures that we're looking at today. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, full of grace and full of truth. The point of application is clear for us tonight that although we cannot know God, God has every right and God has every right to remain hidden from us. He has graciously made himself known to us through his son, Jesus. So in Church Carlisle, I hope that you are encouraged by this. I hope you're encouraged to know that Jesus knows how to meet you where you are and he's not afraid to meet you there. I love how John 3.16 puts it, right? It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Oftentimes when we quote that verse, the emphasis on God's love for the world, which it should be. But when the, John wrote this word world, he wasn't thinking about all the beautiful and good things that we think about when we think about our world. He's saying, God so loved the world, the world systems, the world waywardness, the world's sinfulness that he gave his son, that he might become a sacrifice for the guilty. 
It's a good reminder for us this Christmas Eve that God pursues us not because of our goodness, but God pursues us because of his goodness. Scripture says no one has ever seen God. And the next part says the one and only son who himself is God and is at the right side. He has revealed him. Notice with me that Jesus is God's greatest revelation to man. Jesus is God's greatest revelation of himself to us. And he does so in three ways. He is the only son. That means he is the only unique one who can represent God to us. Number two, he's not just the only unique son, but he himself is God. He's equivalent to God. And notice this last, this last point that John writes. He says, and he is seated at the father's side. I love this because it reminds us of what we call here the trifecta of Jesus, that Jesus is our prophet, our priest, and our king. And in order to be our savior, Jesus had to fulfill all three offices. As God's only unique son, he is the greatest prophet that God has ever given us. As being equivalent to God, as being God in flesh, he is our king. And as, our, as being the representative of God to us, sitting next or sitting at the Father's side, he stands firmly as our priest. Love what D.A. Carson again says about this passage. He says this. He says, thus in the bosom of the Father is parallel to with God. The unique one himself, God, is parallel to was God. And to say that this unique and beloved person was made, uh, made God known to us is to say that he is the word or God's self expression. Notice with me that despite all of our fears, our trepidations, and our insecurities, God sent Jesus to be the means by which he draws near to us. He doesn't draw away from us because of our fears, trepidations, and insecurities. He actually draws near to us because of them. been reading a great book. Every year I try to read a book that just helps me to grow in my knowledge of Christ. And this year I've trolled a, a very popular book by many pastors are reading across the country. It's a book by a guy named Dane Ortland called Gentle and Lowly, The Heart of Christ for Sinners. I'm actually reading it with, one, with my cousin as well on Mondays, and I've enjoyed that. But listen to one of the things that Dane Ortland writes about, about fears and trepidations of our life. He says this. He says, our tendency is to feel intuitively that the more difficult life gets, the more alone we are. As we sink further into pain, we sink further into felt isolation. The Bible corrects us. Our pain never outstrips what he himself shares in. We are never alone. That sorrow that feels so isolating, so unique, was endured by him in the past and is now shouldered by him in the present. Church family, this is a good reminder for us that Jesus knows how to meet you where you are, and he's not afraid to meet you there. I love this last part of, the, our, very, of our verse in verse 18. He says, no one has ever seen God, the one and only son who is himself God is at the right, at, at the father's side. And then this very last clause is so important. He says, he has revealed him. He being Jesus, he has revealed him. This, this word in Greek of reveal 
is literally the word for we get exegesis. And what John is declaring through his proclamation here is that John is declaring that the incarnate word made him known. In other words, or some others might say that Jesus is the exegesis of God. He is a way in which we understand. He is a way in which we comprehend. He is the way in which we fully acknowledge the presence of God in our lives. Tonight, I speak to the men, dads, grandpas, uncles, brothers who are among us. And men, simply, I say this to you this year as you enter 2021. Take the time this year to hear from your God. Take the time to get away and spend alone time with the king of Christmas. Not just to try to get something from him, not just to ask him a question and not just to confess your frustrations, but come to him to simply be. Be in his presence, be a son of God, and simply be a child of the one true king. Psalm 16, 11 puts it this way. You reveal the path of life to me in your presence is abundant joy and at your right hand are eternal pleasures forevermore. Men, Jesus knows how to meet you where you are. And guess what? He's not afraid to meet you there. Tonight, I speak to the women. I speak to the moms, the grandmas, the aunts, the sisters who are among us. And ladies, I know this past year has been extremely tough for you. You might feel like you never had enough free time from your own responsibilities to have time to be with God. You might feel that you never had enough time to be alone with him or you could never find a holy enough place to try to commune with him. And even when you try to make time to be with God, you don't have the experience with God that maybe you desired or maybe you even a vision. Women be encouraged. I was reminded today of this one simple truth that while men usually have to climb a mountain to experience or meet God, God usually comes to women where they are to visit them. You don't believe me? It's all throughout the scriptures of God initiative taking, taking, coming towards women is seen throughout all of scripture. God met Eve while hiding in the garden. God met Sarah in the distress of her barrenness. God met Hagar in her rejection. And God met Rebecca and Rachel in their longing for children. God met Deborah as the first woman judge to deliver Israel from the woes of their oppressors. God met Bathsheba in the midst of her life being turned upside down by King David's lustful heart. God met Hannah in her tears of sorrow of her affliction of not being able to bear a son. God met Mary as a youthful teenager who was being used as a mighty vessel before God, but being misunderstood as a, uh, as a promiscuous woman by her friends and her family. Jesus met the Samaritan woman at the well as an outcast and forgotten soul sometime around noon. Jesus met Peter's mother-in-law in in her sickbed, and Jesus met the woman with the issue of blood when she was broke and destitute for help. Jesus met the woman caught in adultery as she was being put on trial for a crime she actually committed, but he graciously pardoned her for her sin and commanded her to go and sin no more. And Jesus victoriously met Mary Magdalene as a resurrected king of the universe early on Sunday morning as she prepared to do the normal work of women in regards to burial preparation. Women, ladies, be encouraged that God meets you where you are. He knows where you are, and he's not afraid to meet you there.
Church family, I hope this Christmas, there's hope this Christmas because Jesus was born as the King of Christmas. There's hope today in the gospel of Jesus Christ because he was born of a virgin, he lived a sinless life, and he was resurrected on the third day. And he currently right now sits at, at, at the throne of the Father on his right side as our living hope and our soon coming King. I invite you once again to trust in the God that we celebrate tonight. Would you pray with me? Father, we do love you. We thank you, God, that you know how to meet us where we are. And God, you're not afraid to meet us there. God, I thank you that even though there was no reason for you to draw near to us, you drew near. You loved us, you pursued us, and you sent your son to be the means by which we may know you. Father, may we know, make much of Jesus tonight. God, the gifts are great and the songs are great, but Lord, may Jesus be honored and may he be glorified in all ways and all things. God, we present to you as we are, broken, discouraged, tired, and we ask, Lord, that you would fill us. We ask, Lord, that you would draw near to us in spite of our fears, our trepidations, and our doubts. Father, we celebrate you as a king of Christmas, even now. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm James A.P. Fields, Jr., lead pastor at Sojourn Church Carlisle. Thanks for listening. We're a church that is rooted in the community of South Louisville, and we are seeking to advance the gospel of Christ in South Louisville and beyond. For more sermons, info about our church, and ways you can support our ministry, visit SojournChurch.com backslash Carlisle, C-A-R-L-I-S-L-E. God bless.